I just want to take a couple of minutes to talk about one of the sponsors of our podcast, and that is 503 Sports. 503 Sports is a site very well known for their throwback merchandise for a multitude of leagues, whether it be, for example, the World League of American Football, the World Football League, or in our case, the Arena Football League. I mean, if you're looking for any type of throwback merchandise from those teams that don't exist anymore, whether it be shirts, caps, customizable jerseys that you can get your own name and number, Detroit Drive, San Jose Sabercats, what? They're the place that has them. And just for our listeners of the podcast, they have a special offer just for you. If you use the promo code ARENAFAN, when you check out, you'll get 10% off your very first order. So head over to 503-sports.com, use the promo code ARENAFAN, get 10% off, and you want to thank them for being a sponsor of AFL Tonight. Tonight, ArenaFan.com's weekly look at everything arena football. I'm your host, Tim Capper, along with Benford Denali. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, and John Stark. <laughs> Hi. That's oh my god. That's just, the ooey <laughs> continues to evolve. Oh, I, I don't know. That was it. Was that actually evolving? It was like a sickly ooey. It was. It really sickly. was. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, I think like you a need dying to, cat. Ooh, yeah, you need, yeah, to, uh, you need to have that checked. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely going to check that out. <laughs> <laughs> How was your weekend, guys? Absolutely sick and twisted. Yeah. Uh, where did I go? Oh, I was in Baltimore. I was in Baltimore this weekend. That's right. No wonder I it was sick and twisted. Yeah, it was sick and twisted in Bmore, the yeah. Charm City, back in the mix. Yeah. Uh, where I went to school, I could feel John's sort of aura, but I but I didn't see him in person, unfortunately, because of the weddings. Oh, yes. Yes, I was yes. going to say, John is all of a sudden an apparition in Baltimore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. John's, John, John actually was, yeah, his astral projection <laughs> was at the, in the end zone. It was in the, the south end zone. You were actually talking to him. You are talking to him, asking him which pictures he was taking. He was like, I don't know. Well, yeah, you know, we, we said, Ben, you said, um, what would you say, boardwalk, boardwalk Halls Haunted? So, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, and I heard I heard the Lord Baltimore Hotel is haunted. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we, you're so right. maybe, we, didn't, we didn't see anything there when we were there. No, we sexy there. ghosts, baby. Yeah, know. we don't know, but um, yeah, weddings, weddings for me. Yeah, it, it, had, it was it was good. You've had quite a few weddings. Yeah, it's the last one of the season. Oh, the wedding season. season. Is there a is there a <laughs> wedding season? Is it like well there. It's like it hurric- was this a hurricane year. season or football it was season? a it was a it was a best of four play <laughs> <laughs> four playoffs uh, in a, four four playoffs in a wedding. Yep, so that no, was good. Good weekend. Good. Cool. Uh, what did you get up to, Tim? Uh, really, I really didn't do much. I watched uh, the Owls on Saturday. That was an amazing game. I actually did a doubleheader. I did Owls on TV, and then I did the Arena League on, on TV. That sounds like a really nice day. So, I haven't had that in a while. I gotta get that. Yeah, so, so. I'm looking forward to the NFL season. I'll get some of that then. Dude, I'm so pumped. I know it means the end of the AFL season, but I am so pumped. Yeah, for just Sunday on the couch. Sunday, yep. Sunday, Sunday. Um, but I know you guys were talking in Baltimore. It seemed that Charm City turned into the Fight City, which we'll talk about. Wow. Oh uh, my god. <laughs> I, I, yeah, 
I never thought that, uh, you know, you'd go to an arena football game and a hockey game would break out or a boxing match would break out. But uh, I guess we've seen we've seen worse, I guess. Um, but we finally had uh, some closure, so to speak, when it uh, when it came to the four teams that are going to be uh, going to be in the playoffs this year. It's just a matter of where they're going to be finally seated. The only team that we know about already is Albany. Um, but. Uh, you know the silly season's coming upon us, guys. One more week and we're into it. So um, we know we're just uh, was it just three weeks, four weeks away from Arena Bowl. The silly season? Yeah, yeah you said that last week. What does that mean? <laughs> well, I, I don't know. Well, it's it's because <laughs> <laughs> you don't have an explanation for it. Makes well, no, it way worse. I mean it's it's not it's not the regular. <laughs> hey, hey, don't make me tear this car around. Um, it, it's. Where it's not the regular season, and in the playoffs, anything can happen. I see. Okay, so it's silly. Yeah. So yeah, it's silly. Anything yeah, can happen. Can it's silly. silly. Silly season. Maybe I'm not using the right term. Uh, please at me on Twitter to correct me, please. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I, ha- I have to wait now. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a poor translation. It probably is. And the funny thing is, is I'm not even. You know, my first language is English, so. Uh, I don't think living in Montreal these years, it has anything to do with the French language, but uh, uh, yeah. Moving on. Um, <laughs> so Saturday, Saturday, the going into this game, the, uh, uh, the Atlantic City Blackjacks had a chance. Wait, wrong week. Am I looking at the wrong week? That's high. Sorry, here we go. Week 12. Well, they had a chance, but the, it was a bye week. Yes, I mean. yeah, sorry. That's right. They didn't yeah. lose this week. No, no, they did not. No, so week 12, it was Washington, Baltimore. Uh, probably one of the they were even promoting this, by the way, guys, as you saw on the broadcast, where it was uh, probably one of the they're saying one of the the better uh, rivalries now in the AFL. I guess that's fair considering how how far away the, how close these two teams are. Um, but uh, with a Washington win, which uh, they did over Baltimore, forty-seven forty, uh, they eliminated the Atlantic City Blackjacks from playoff contention. Um, if anybody goes back in the archives and can listen. We are way wrong with where we thought where Atlantic City is going to finish and where they are actually uh, where we predicted them to yeah, be. Yeah, we totally botched that. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we did, man. Yeah. It's it's not quite embarrassing, but it's, I'd say it's fully embarrassing. Hey, my my prediction is still going so far. I got one more week to decide if my if I'm going to get this two years. Well, in what was row. that? No, no team has more than what? No team would win over nine. Win. Okay. okay. Albany so, just has to lose for that to be true. I that's guess. right. Yeah, that's right. So, and then we then we get Ben's prediction for the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, the Valor winning it all. <laughs> um, I mean, the game was the game was close all the way through, guys. I mean, it's I think obviously the really the big thing was the fight, and it was just a weekend of fights overall. I mean, I know Ben, you were there. Yeah, I was in that end zone. Yeah, it was hype me, over there. Yeah, what what did you now? Everybody saw. You know, Joe, by the way, how, and I don't know if it did, how Joe Hills' flip over the boards for the touchdown did not make the Sports Center top five unless it did. As far as I know, it didn't. That was nuts in itself, by the way. Yeah, it was a great catch. And then coming over, he sort of had, you know, he sort of started some kicking action. And uh, whether it was on purpose or not, I, well, well. Considering how how bad the fight was. But Ben, what did you, what what did you see when, when this all occurred? Well, it was, I mean, I, I was like me, Coffee, and like Joe Gooseby were standing 
uh, next to each other for most of the game. So it was like really funny to hear their takes on everything. And, you know, we were all going crazy when the fight was happening. Um, Pretty much was right next to the Joe Hills, you know, kick. The quote-unquote the kick. The kick. Um, And I don't – it was one of those situations where I honestly feel like it wasn't necessarily any one thing. Uh, It was like, yeah, maybe there was a kick, maybe not. It seemed a little bit incidental to me, but it was just, you know, one player goes off, and then everyone starts defending that player, and then everyone is suddenly fighting. And it just happened to be one of those circumstances where it spiraled out of control. And I thought it was really funny because we, we, we talked about this as like a topic a few weeks ago mm-hmm. of like fighting in the AFL and whether it's good. And I think in general, everyone hated this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't, I didn't absolutely hate it. I thought it was interesting. It was like, you know, I mean, brawls aren't good. No. Scuffles are good. Yeah, I they, think just they show intensity. This, this, this completely got out of control. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, and, and yeah, there was a general feeling of like the referees didn't do anything, but I don't know. In the NFL, I think if a referee steps in front of a fight, there's a good chance the fight will stop. Yeah. In the AFL, if a referee steps in the middle of something, there's a good chance that referee is just going to get swallowed into like a puff of dust yeah. and his hat will stick out and then his foot will stick out and, you know, sort of cartoonish. You yeah, know, the, cartoonist, the cartoonist fights. Yeah, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, a cartoonish fight brawl. I, I don't think – yeah, it's just it, – it. that was sort of my thinking about why – a stop wasn't put to it. Also, the scope of it, there was so much going on. I don't think there were enough bodies, like disciplinary bodies, to actually step in front of people to no. break anything up. No, there um, it didn't last. I mean, it lasted a little bit, but you know, I still come out of this not thinking it was like a disaster by any means. No, but um, it it yeah. occurred after the play, after the touchdown, then it occurred after the extra point, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And I think one of the funniest things uh, after the fact. Is that who is it that got ejected for Baltimore? It was Hills and um, don't remember either. Everybody just seems to remember Joe Hills. That's the thing. Yeah, I don't remember. Anyways, both the Hills and the other player were up in the up in up in the upper deck. Oh yeah, the rafters looking over the field. I walked by them a couple times. I just like didn't make eye contact. I was like, <laughs> I don't know what they're feeling right now, so I don't want to engage. Um, but yeah, so, you know, Hills and a couple of other players for Baltimore world, uh, you know, the league doesn't announce it. They just do it. Right. And, you know, they, they go ahead and they, you know, it's not like last week with the, with the Keefe thing. See, this, this is, this is kind of weird. In my, how in my thinking is like, you do, you announce something about Keefe. I know you're looking to possibly embarrass him. No, <laughs> gets, you know, he gets a fine, but these guys get into a major fight. They get ejected. You are going to suspend them anyways, but yet you don't put out a presser about that. I, I just don't get that. I don't get that in any way. So, eh. I don't know. Maybe they don't want to dignify the situation. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. That is interesting. I mean, it definitely backs up your line of questioning last week yeah. regarding the Keefe situation and whether it's balanced. And I got a theory. Once we get to, it gets to the next game, I have, I have a theory. So we'll, I'll, I'll get to that one then. Um for for the game itself, Arvell Nelson was nineteen of thirty six, two seventy one, five and one. Uh, leading receiver for the Washington Valor was Josh Reese. He had five receptions, one hundred and three yards, two touchdowns. Doug McNeil had two. Jared Dangerfield had one. Arvell Nelson had two rushing touchdowns. Uh, for the Baltimore Baltimore Brigade, uh, Shane Boyd was seven to seventeen, ninety yards, two touchdowns. Then Shane Morris came in. 
Uh, he was uh, six of seventeen, one oh five and two. He, he was it was almost identical. Almost he was like, slinging. Yeah. Now he looked good. Yeah. Um, leading receiver was Brandon Collins, five receptions, uh, eighty yards, two touchdowns. Joe Hills, Milton Williams also had one. Shane Boyd also had a rushing touchdown. With Joe Hills' touchdown, he extended his streak to 103 straight games with a receiving touchdown. What was what was your thought, guys, on the the change of of uh, of quarterback of when they did it? I was personally confused. I, I thought Shane Boyd was injured, and I didn't see it or something. Same boat, same boat. Yeah, I still I don't know. I don't know what what they were getting at there. I mean, I guess it was one of those like wake up, you know. Wake up call, wake up calls. I don't know. It, 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 that seems to not work a lot of the time. So I'm almost not sure if it was that for that reason. I really don't know. I, we'd have to ask coach. Well, the funny thing was, is that they said on the broadcast, as I mentioned to you guys during the game itself, is that they claim that that was the plan all along. And I'm thinking, my ass, there's no way. There's yeah, no way. it's so strange. I mean, and especially in a game this intense, it, why would you and take a And it really did matter when it came to did it really, you know, did the playoff spot, did the get, you know, did the uh did the game within the series itself, you know, really mean something to them or not? I mean, it's it, it still was for the playoffs. I just still think that that um that Shane Boyd just was played like garbage. But the thing is that you were <laughs> able to do just enough to win. You know, Shane Morris came in. I mean, I, I just don't get it. You know, it's it's not like Coach Benji saying, you know what, Marvell, uh, you're just doing okay tonight. I think I'm going to take you out and put our back up in. Yeah, it wasn't embarrassing. He no. didn't turn the ball over. It wasn't, you know, it definitely wasn't. I mean, he wasn't performing incredibly well, but it, but it wasn't one of those things where it was an obvious yank situation. Yeah, I, I just don't. I, I just didn't get it. But hey, you know what? I guess it's kind of a moot thing now anyway is they still won. Um they uh sorry sorry sorry, they did not Uh, sorry but sorry yeah i meant to washington washington still won this game so i mean it's again by the way came down to the last second almost basically the last second touchdown and josh josh reese again yes i mean it was a great game yeah it was a great game and probably would have been better if shane boyd stayed in the game but uh i you know shane morris still threw two touchdowns i mean he didn't look terrible you know his completion percentage isn't great but uh he still threw good balls. He didn't look. He didn't look. Uh, you know, out to sea in any regard. He yeah. he looked pretty solid. Yeah, I mean, John. Yes, no. Good change. Bad change. I mean, uh, I mean, sim- similar stats. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I don't know, man. Uh, why is really the question. Yeah, that that's about it for me. Yeah. I that, good that, performance. That's that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, the game on Saturday, excuse me, the game on Sunday, uh, Albany traveled to Columbus to try to to uh, lock up the overall number one seed in the playoffs. Um, and they're up against a Columbus Destroyers team that had 16 rookies. 16 rookies. Just let that settle in there for a second, guys. Six. Can I just say something yeah. about this? Yeah. This is not I, – I'm kind of a little bit – I mean, for anyone who's in the Columbus organization listening to this, forgive my bluntness, but the, the rookie's excuse is is not valid to me. There are so many unsigned veterans who would absolutely strap up, uh, maybe not for a 1-in-10 team necessarily, but it's been, it's been an excuse. I mean, Matt Sock has cited that several times. 
uh, as a reason for their several you know failures this year. And I don't, honestly don't think it's valid. I think Columbus had every chance to sign veterans, and they decided not to. And that whether or not they suffered as a result of that is is on them. It's mm-hmm. not it's not a circumstantial thing, in my opinion. Right. But are are you going to also you're going to cut them a, cut them a little bit of slack though, the organization a little bit of slack, considering how much time they had to put together. I don't this know. Team? I give them a little bit of slack for sure, but I am I. It is my opinion that at once the season hit. Yeah. Everybody had a, had the same chance to win. Everybody, I mean, you know, obviously some teams had a huge advantage being able to bring back existing players, but Columbus also had an opportunity to sign those players. Not that they would have been able to really. And they did you know, sign some players sign from few, other teams. You know, yeah. you know, they got Rico and Varma and like uh, Kareem Smith and a few people that probably would have been on the same team. So they were able to pull some. Yeah, uh, and and you know, yeah. uh, eight weeks ago, roughly on May eighth. 18th, they put up 40 points against Albany. Yeah. So, right. and, and with a similar roster, with, with the same rookie reasoning. Yeah. And and it just doesn't feel valid to me anymore. I mean, you know, the AFL is a very fluid kind of league. There's, there's a lot of roster changes that happen during the year. Uh, the best teams obviously, you know, pr- promote their talented players and, and, and see that and see them through the entire year. But there's a lot of cycling through of people in the AFL and there's a lot of veterans. Like I just said that, that still were never signed, you know, a bunch of, you know, we were just talking last week about the, you know, Philadelphia receiving core that was pretty much largely turned over this season. And all of those guys are still not in the league. So it's like there were guys out there uh, to help Grant Russell. Um, so I don't know. I mean, that's just my rant on the rookie yeah. concept. But what what about this too? And and Coach mentioned this actually in his in his weekly interview on the Battle Stations podcast uh, with Frank Walker is that and I just look this up now. It they have seven. I don't think I've ever seen this guys and in, in all the years that I've been following arena football, I don't think I've ever seen seventeen players on the injured list. Go to their roster now. Seventeen players. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're. Pr- I mean, they're practice so. reports that we put up today. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at it right now, yeah. and that's basically. That. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's look the at the, yeah, if you look at their injured roster, that's like a valid team in itself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Most of their good players, honestly. I mean, you know, not all of them, but uh, you know, well, it's a lot of them. I mean, yeah. Donovan Morgan, KCOB, Juwan Offray now, Craig Peterson, Grant yeah. Russell, Nick Sider, Brandon Stevens, Jensen Stoshak. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, Terrence it Taylor. just keeps going on. Yeah. yeah Terrence Taylor. It, it's just, Man. it's just crazy. But you know, of all things though, to be fair, I mean, Albany, Albany came to play. They, they weren't going to sit idly by and just say, you know what, we'll, we'll make it. We'll, 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 we'll go ahead and we'll play, you know, we'll, we'll play your game. That wasn't the case. And that, that just showed with the onside kick in the first quarter. And then recovering that onside kick and then, you know, going ahead. Oh, I know. And, and, and converting it into a touchdown and being up 21-6. Oh, one question I want to ask you guys. What was your, what was your opinion on that two-point convert by, by Guerra that was called back? I, had had a, I haven't had a chance to look up the rule because they said he was moving forward. Well, During... It, what during motion? Well, he's the one. What he he was there. He, he was acting as the uh, as the uh, holder on the snap. Yep. It, okay. And then uh, before it, before it, the ball was snapped, 
he got up and started running towards the li- toward towards the line. The ball was snapped, sort of like wildcat style, to him, yeah. and he rushed through it for the end zone. They, ah. ca- they called it back, saying he was in motion. Yes, I, I think that if you are a down lineman, which I guess the holder is considered down in that way, okay, uh, you're not allowed to run forward in the AFL. That was a rule they added, like you know, a long time ago. I'm yeah. surprised some of these old rules even get remembered by anyone. Yeah, I know. <laughs> because they so rarely apply. But like uh, when the AFL picked up the Wildcat formation in 2008, they banned uh, blockers running uh, in motion. That's why when the, that Benson play, I mean that Benson play was obviously legal. The the uh, motion running play where he was right. running fo- for yeah. 10 yards. Yeah. But that reminded me of this rule, actually, uh, where this isn't allowed. I- I'm not really sure. I get- It might be a safety precaution, or it may just give uh, the team too unfair of an advantage. I don't know, because if you think, I mean, you can go for It's forward. similar to the bench and play in some ways. How is it? How Well, I, I know, this is, I, I know what, how you're going to answer. I don't want to ask the question anyways, but <laughs> how, how is it? Well, no, meaning... <laughs> How is, it, how is it different from a regular offensive play? You can go forward. You can have forward motion. It's just the stance, I okay. think. That, that's well, it. and it's and it's a, but it's also an assumed point after attempt. It's not there. No one's assuming that it's a two point conversion. Like when I watched it in real time, I felt it should have been the two point conversion. But it, when I watched it in slow motion, I'm like, wow, he actually had way too much motion there. Okay, it was like he was ahead of the play. At what point? I mean, we all remember the old fumble ruski that happened way back when in college football. But could they have done something similar to where? Yes, it, they could it, have done that. It could have been considered a fumble, and then I mean, it looks like you know Coach Dozell got around it by doing that uh, shovel pass for the two point convert two weeks ago. Right. So I I, I don't know, but uh, and just like the other game, this game also deteriorated a little bit too. Um. Uh, not only did Columbus lose their starting quarterback in Grant Russell, uh, but they also lost their best wide receiver uh, in Fabian Guerra, and which, anyways, uh, and who was it that got ejected? I know top of my, top of my tongue. Who got ejected for for Albany on that one? Taron Smith. Yes, for Taron Smith. You're right, right. Yeah, Taron Smith. Um, First, what what was your thought on this? And this is where I, I was telling you that I had a had a comment about about this here. What what was your thought on this quote unquote fight? Uh, John, I'll you want to take this? Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll take this one. Uh, so I watched it. I watched it again because they showed you know several replays right. during broadcast. And I mean, I feel like personally, maybe Fabian should not have done that. But I think I think Terrence took it over the top. For, for what had happened, and and then and then Fabian obviously needs to defend himself in that situation, well, he, at I least guess, in my opinion. Well, I think he was trying to be in such a wicked. But you got to admit, first and foremost, why the hell is he he hitting a guy with a with a helmet on? <laughs> That's the classic football question. <laughs> it's always yeah. brawls with helmets so on making no stupid. sense. Now, I, I was I'm glad. Okay, I'm glad you 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 said what you did, John, because this is I don't know if many people noticed this, and it was not it it, it, it there was. It wasn't centered on in any way. It wasn't commented on in any way by the broadcast team. One play earlier, okay, before the touchdown, Fabian Guerra was pushed. He was doing a route towards the uh, towards the boards uh, on the left side. They get to the but basically the play is over. Smith pushes Guerra over the boards 
after the play has ended. There was no flag, no whistle. So it started what occurred and what his reaction was that next play after he gave him uh, gave uh, Smith a shot was from that play. That's where it started. You'll have to go back. Both of you have to go back and watch. It's literally one play before and there was no flag. Which I don't get. I mean, that's how these things go. I mean, there's always like a yeah, small yeah, moment but, that leads to a big moment. Of course, yeah. yeah. But also, remember the, the other thing too: the ball did not even go towards Guerra. He wasn't the target on that play prior. So right. all of a sudden, you got a player going over the boards for no particular reason. Yeah, that's insane <laughs> officiating. But that's you know, it's been a tough year for the, the stars. I mean, the stripes. Yeah. Now, not the stars. Do you agree with Guerra getting ejected though? Because he took the brunt. He, he did not throw a punch. They usually say they'll catch the guy. They'll catch the guy who, who throws a punch second. Well, that well I mean. That wasn't Garrett. Yeah, but Garrett threw the face mask. And my, I mean, like, it was, it was a push in Terrence's face in, like, an upward palming right. motion. But yeah, I, that's a no-go. Right, but I don't think the flag was thrown until after Terrence started right. wailing. It, it, Right, but then, but then once Terrence came at Fabian, Fabian went back at Terrence, and it, it went on for like another three seconds, yeah. and then the, the flags threw. But I feel like they both they both should have gotten escorted from the field, and yeah. they did. Yeah, I, I honestly think I think Garrett should not have been ejected. But uh, it goes to my next question to you guys. You know, we've had a couple of we've seen a couple of things this year where uh, quote unquote fights have been very very questionable do you think um based on what happened the night before that the referees were given a mandate from the league that says you need to control your your players do you Uh, i don't know i mean both situations i mean especially the baltimore washington game those were obvious ejections it wasn't like yes yes but that but what i'm saying is going to the next game where the referees told by the league or by whomever do not let that happen again during your Mm -hmm. game i could see that because I, I feel that this year some of these ejections have been very ticky tack and they've been very questionable. For no, you know, just it's like he did what and he got ejected. Right. Yeah, that's happened a few times. But I could swear this has been the. the I have no nothing to back it up, but I could swear this has been one of the uh, one of the years where we've had the most ejections. I feel like Fabian may have avoided the ejection if he would have just uh, not fought back the second time or possibly just pulled pulled a flop move and just uh-huh. fell over <laughs> right but, oh uh, yeah 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 but um yeah i don't know like i said i, I guess and, they did they did sort of both deserve the ejection in my opinion and by the way this is kind of telling also here guys who has not been placed on league suspension yet fabian guerra that's a good point so food for thought well there's still a few days I think well, they did most of them almost immediately for the other teams. Well, I thought the last of I thought yesterday was uh, the wave of them. Yes, but I would think that they would have to put all of them. Mm, fair. So, but um, what was your thought on the on the injury for uh, for Grant Russell? Obviously, it's uh, you know, Coach Sock has already said he's done for the year. Uh, obviously, it's it's it makes sense too, considering that he was placed on IR. Um, it didn't look very good. I know he was ro- It looked like he was rolled up. So we don't know if it was an, was it a knee or an ankle. I don't know. I would say, I mean, I would say it was a knee from the way it all went down, okay. but we still don't know. No. I'm curious, sort of, in retrospect, now that Grant Russell's season is over, um, it's worth looking at his season as, you know, a unit of, of 
his resume. And, you know, definitely for a huge portion of this season, we were like, he's great. You know, maybe the team or not necessarily he's great, but he's developing into a really good player. He's obviously got skill set for this. Uh, Maybe he's just not putting into practice. He's making some mistakes that he'll grow out of. I wonder going into next season whether that's something that we'll still think is true. You know, does he get a pass for this season because Columbus as a organization was kind of a mess? Or do we actually think Grant Russell is going to start week one next year? Okay, well, let me read you guys this stat line from our website. 183 of 300, uh, 2,132 yards, 36 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, quarterback rating of 93, 61% completion ratio, add add on 30 rushes for 75 yards and four touchdowns. Definitely. I mean, it definitely besides the picks. Yeah, it's not, it's good. I mean, it, it's good. I mean, that's an average sort of season. And, and for, yeah, and the, for the rookie, picks are a little high. Yeah. And for Ricky, rookie QB, who's never taken a snap from under center before either. Right. You just, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just curious whether Columbus, it's almost like they have to go into next season and do something uh, almost radically different. I mean, they can't risk, doing this again that that's my that's i guess where i'm coming from ben do you think the picks would go down if they would have had a stronger offensive line this season absolutely uh but i but i also just think from an optics perspective it's like how do you how do you almost lose it every game in a season and then still go into next year telling fans it's going to be different and the leader of that team is the same person i mean i wonder about that for sock i wonder about that for russell you know sock Posted in a thread this week, strongly indicating, I don't know whether it was something he's discussed with the team or whatever, that he is going to be working for the team next season. Um, so that's that's one thing that's staying the same. But you got to uh, maybe, you know, we'll see. I don't know whether that was just optimism. But, you know, I think Columbus needs to have some huge changes. I just don't know if if they can find a veteran, which I don't know where they're going to find one, unless Hippard is a free agent. Um, you know, with Warren Smith's ascent, uh, whether that you know they'll try to find a veteran so that they can sort of at least go into the year knowing that they have someone solid. Well, what's funny is you say veteran too. Is that the Columbus Destroyers, as of today, were assigned uh, AFL veteran Kyle Rowley for at least one week? Um, we don't even know if he's gonna if he's gonna gonna be actually active uh, for the game itself. It depends on. I assume active, but backing up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because they need a. I mean, just like Atlantic City with Warren Smith going on the IR, they had to sign somebody too. So, but at least, at least it is somebody that I think uh, Coach James had in camp. So he was able to, you know, he was the one who right. had originally signed him. Either. I mean, this is Kyle Rowley, who's not. I mean, yes, he was signed by the by the Empire. Was it late last year? I'm trying to remember when he was signed. Let's go back and yeah. So yeah, um, but I think for Grant Russell, I I you know what. You know, yes, he's not a Shane Carden. I get that, but it was you know slightly different. Uh, all his receivers were just just went down. You know, they ended up on the IR. Um, it's I I would not have any I wouldn't have an issue with him being under center next year for the team. Uh, Albany uh, Tommy Grady was only thirteen and twenty two fifty six five and zero. Mason Espinosa came in. He was four four for thirty yards and a perfect touch- touchdown. Uh, leading receiver was uh, surprise, surprise, Malachi Jones. Six receptions, 121 yards, three touchdowns. By the way, 
Uh, Malachi's catch, he is, that's his 23rd in a row touchdown catch and uh, he's the second he's the second longest streak currently in the afl <laughs> streak uh quentin said by the way it almost seemed like a, a a tale of two halves malachi i think he had three in the first uh, quentin had three in the, was it three in the second or two one in the first two in the second something like that um but uh, quentin sims also had three he had 87 yards uh michael benson also had a rushing touchdown uh, for columbus grant russell was six to 12 54 yards uh, Liam Nadler came in. He was 13 to 22, 147 and one. Uh, he had, you know what? He was throwing some pretty sharp balls though. From what I saw, so his pass, his passes were quite sharp. So it's the, the arm isn't the issue. I guess it's just a matter of coming in cold. Uh, Kenny cook led the team with, uh, six receptions, 76 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Guerra and wheelwright had a, uh, had a touchdown. I think the wheelwright's touchdown was right right when uh, Garrow got hurt, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so Albany, can, uh, they clinched the overall top seed in the AFL. And moving forward on this, guys, I want to ask you, uh, they've already announced when they're going to be having their playoff game, and they're going to be having it in week one. So their home game in this two-game aggregate series is going to be on the 27th. Yeah, I think I think generally it's been discussed, and I, I'm of the opinion that it wasn't really a choice. Uh, I, I think it's kind of obvious you choose the second game as your home game. But, well, okay, actually, there's two sides to this. One of them is, you know, it's probably a scheduling thing, not with Albany, but with, you know, teams that they're going to face. You know, it's possible that Albany's open slot in week one was, was preferred, you know, from a scheduling perspective right. than whoever they'd face is. But the other side of this is maybe, given what happened last year, Albany believes that starting out really hot in the yeah. first game might yeah. be key to the strategy of the two-game yeah. series. By the way, I forgot yeah. to mention, by the way, Albany won 49-18. Sorry about that. <laughs> For everyone keeping track at home. Yeah, yeah everyone. Won this game. Uh, I, no, I reached... Uh, 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 Go ahead, John. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, well, I was just going to say, I think also... They want to they want to keep it going for the fans as well, having a, you know like back to back home games, so to speak. That, that's yeah. possible because I did reach out to uh, uh, Empire Brass and ask them the basic that same question. And according to uh, according to Jordan, uh, this was the plan all along. Uh, if they had the option of making uh, of being one of the top two seeds, they were going to take the first game, no matter what. It's got to be a momentum thing, man. I mean, maybe they just believe that momentum is, you know, that's the key. Yeah. I mean, they're not wrong. That's, no, you no. Know, given what happened last year. Yeah. So I, I could not. Uh, I don't. I didn't even look to see what the schedules were like at the other, the other possible, uh, possible team that they would be playing. So, um, I mean, momentum. Could it also be superstition? I mean, not not allowing to happen what happened last year. Sort of. Yeah. To, I mean, try, I think try, those try are sort of one the, the same. Reverse the curse, so to speak. Yeah, I think I think the idea is just you come out hot. I think I don't know if it's superstition necessarily, but it's definitely the strategy yeah. to avoid what happened last year. Yeah, that's fair. Um, a very interesting thing popped up over the uh, uh, on Twitter today. Um, the Arena Football League put out a couple of uh, of shorts on Twitter. I don't know if they put it on their Facebook page or not, but they put a, a couple of of, of shorts uh, with the uh, commissioner Randall Bow. And uh, I think John, I think was it John? You said that it seemed more like it was like a uh, uh, a promotional video type of thing 
that the, that the league's trying to do, and they're just putting it out so everybody can see it. Because you got to admit, if you don't follow the AFL, you're not going to see these. Um, right. They're but, very introductory. Yeah. But they're very they cool. They, they are cool, though. They are pretty neat, though. I mean, I, I, that, that... The commission's looking good. Yeah. I'll just get that out of the way. He's looking good. It's, you know what? It's better than... What was it? Remember the... Was it uh, in Road to Glory, Ben? Oh, my God. After, after, <laughs> was it after a touchdown or something like that where... The commissioner would pop up on the on the yes uh, yeah on the jumbotron the virtual jumbotron and just bas- basically you know, spout helmet popping heart stopping blah blah blah. Oh, so. I miss that stuff though. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely that's a different brand than this. Uh-huh. This is very you know this is the AFL trying to put put forth a very specific image. Yes, and I think it's cool. I think it's a good idea. No, oh, I think it went really well. I I, I really like the three of the five that I've seen so far. I liked. Uh, you can either go to the Arena Football League's main uh, Twitter account uh, that's at uh, official AFL, or you can head over to Arena Fan uh, Arena Fan's Twitter account, and because we've obviously we're going to social them, we're going to social them. So, I mean, John, I mean, I'm, well, Ben, let me ask you this. I mean, I, we know you're in you know movie making and 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 film and the film industry. What's what's your thought on these things as for for Joe Fan who's never seen a game before? Well, I think they are cool. They're they're eye popping. I, I really do like the set design choice. Um, you know, it it does appear to be under construction, the building the office park that they're in. Yeah. Uh, in Virginia. And I think there's something symbolic about that. I don't know if that was they put that much thought into it, but the idea that the AFL is building something. And I think the clean aesthetic is is eye catching and it's different than what another league might do. Um, which which is typically a darker, more dramatic look. This is very clean and and in line with their tech focus uh, and positioning the league more high end than it has before. Right. So I think from that perspective, it's great. Although to your point, I don't know exactly who this is for because yeah. it's being distributed through the Arena Football League page. If you follow that page, more than likely you know what the league is and you know how many teams there are and you know. You know, you understand. You know that they're doing sports betting. So, like, I'm not really sure exactly what these videos are offering for the fa- existing fan, uh, and I'm not really sure how they plan to reach other fans with this content. But I guess we'll see what their distribution strategy is going forward with these. And I'm looking at it by the way. It is not on their on their web page, on their Facebook page. So right now, it's, it's only pretty strange. It's only limited right now to maybe they put it on uh, on Instagram, maybe. I wouldn't be surprised. We've seen them put some stuff up before on Instagram, small videos. So, um, I mean, John, if say four years ago, you you just happened to come across this, and you're saying, you know, you're you're hearing a possibility of that you're going to be having a team. You know, you're going to be getting the valor, and you saw these for the first time. How how would you react as a fan who's never seen a seen a game before live? I would be pretty excited because I'll tell you this. I remember going online to read the rules in like digital paper format like four or five years ago. <laughs> so, so to have something like this that they're they're geared towards explaining the game and what's going on with the league, uh, I think it's awesome. And to be able to see the commissioner of the league, I think it's just more of this transparency that we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know what, Ben, you'll I think you'll agree. I, I, David Baker would never do this. No, he wishes. He David wishes. Baker was definitely the more action stereotype of what the AFL, you know, used to be. Yeah. 
you know, the sort of more fun. This is a little bit less fun, but it's it's an interesting direction, I think. I think, yeah, it is an interesting direction. I think it's the new fun. And I, I know that sounds a little, little dystopian a little bit there, but uh, I don't know. The, the whole very streamlined, ultra-modern feel and vibe that I got from watching just a couple of those, uh, I, I don't know. I, I think it's the new fun for me. Dude, that that's the hashtag for next year. You better go ahead and copyright that right away. <laughs> the new fun? The, hashtag the new fun. The new fun. <laughs> we may be in trouble if that's what the AFL uses as their hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag bet on us. Hashtag the new fun. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. Uh, we've heard before... That, heard it before where the league has and the commissioners mentioned it too you know on when we spoke with them last on the pod that the league was looking to get some more uh, i guess angel investors some 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 other money into the league um and a story before we went live tonight on axios uh stated so as it's something that we've heard before um i don't know if if it's anything that we haven't seen or heard of before, well, guys, what did you what did you think of this? It really was a blurb. It's like a USA Today blurb, and all. That's my, what I said. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In my opinion, man, it's, it's that's just kind of what it was. That's that's that sums up my opinion as well. Yeah, because it, it really doesn't say anything at all. I'm going to it right now. Um, it, it's funny. It's like scoop. AFL seeks major capital rates. Where well, all the three of us are saying well. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, the commissioner mentioned that on our show. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I do think this is a nice placement. You know, you can't think of everything as a, a you know, immediate source of information. There's there's an aspect to this that's just nice that the AFL is on this website. Um, and this does have some, you know, economic relevance where – this is not a very common thing. I think, you know, for a casual reader, this would be surprising news. Yeah. To us, it's like, eh, hey, whatever, we already knew that. But to some people reading that, you know, that are casual sports fans, that might catch your eye. The fact that the AFL is a single entity uh, organization raising capital to fund the league itself and not the teams. Yeah. Uh, so it's, you know, it's interesting to the casual fan. I mean, sure. it, I mean, actually, it says, I mean, it's a, the Arena Football League is in the middle of a major capital raise. Axios has learned why it matters. This comes on the heels of the AFL switching to a single entity structure, which makes it a more attractive investment and opportunity uh, investing in a league rather than a single team. Details, uh, the well, except we know it's been around since 87, uh, is back, currently backed by a group of investors that includes monumental sports entertainment and owned and owners of the Washington Wizards and Capitals. That that's funny considering that all three are is Uncle Ted. Um <laughs> Right, right, right. That's an interesting way to phrase that. Um and stuff that we've already heard moving forward. The goal is to add two franchises per year, uh, for three years with an emphasis on markets with legal sports betting or pending legislation sources tell I see this is news we know. I think it's worth discussing the validity of the fear about what this means. Okay. Um, where the AFL, an organization that is not profitable, uh, teams aren't profitable. You know, I think the the goal is to break even, and that's got to be rare. Uh, w- what it means that the AFL at this point is no longer just being bankrolled by Uncle Ted, who has been a godsend. Yes. Uh, but whether he's starting to look at his, you know, bottom line and saying this isn't worth it, we need investors. 
and who exactly is going to invest in a loss. Uh, and, and I think that there is maybe some reason to be concerned about that. I'm curious what your guys' perspective on that is. John? Well, it it's it's hard to say because we've had conversations with the commissioner where he, he said things about profitability and when they expect to reach that. Uh, was what he's saying, did, did that mean that that involves this new announcement for seeking capital probably most likely i guess i mean they figure that they want to get other people involved uh for the reason of raising more capital but does that mean they're okay with running it at a loss for the next four or five years uh i think so too i think there's a lot of layers to this and it's kind of hard for me to like break it down Tim, Uh, we've we've seen I mean, I have heard about raising capital for a long, long time. So this is nothing really new to me, but it's... Well, this is a little bit new. I mean, it's it's raising capital to sustain the league. Well, no, then that's, that's the thing. That's what we had heard before. That's what I had heard, you know, rumblings of before. But um, I guess if you think about it, 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 it can be a plus because, you know, being the single entity, they're able to control, again, and that's what we're seeing now, where they're going. Not just picking. You know, even the commissioner says in one of his one of his little videos, uh, you know, they're just not going to choose any particular city. They're going to look at all the analytics. It's because it's very different. So maybe they're trying to look at it in such a way as let let's try to not lose as much money now in order to to possibly screw our future. Let's right. you know let's we have losses. We understand that. You get into any sports, you're going to have losses, but. I, 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 you know, it's, it's, you know, we look at. So we're tongue tied yeah, here. Yeah, we well, are. I, ben, I ben. think my, my biggest fear is that the AFL in three years is not turning any sort of profit. Uh, you know, my fear about betting in general is that there is potentially a very low ceiling for what that could actually do for the league. Um, and, and that after that period where, you know, they don't reach their second round of funding or they're unable to raise additional capital. They just they just fold the league. I mean, it's it's a different circumstance than it used to be. Right. Where but they, remember, they this keep is, going and it's and you know and it's a it could be a zombie for three years, but it'll somehow stay alive. This is solely you know at the discretion of of a group of people that need the league at this point, the league itself to turn a profit in order for it to be sustainable in the long run. And if their their goals aren't being met, and if this whole idea of the AFL being in the digital age and and it being you know a sport that you know online betters you know want to want to bet on which I still think is completely unproven um you know I'm just nervous about that I I love absolutely love cannot say enough how much I love what Monumental has done with the AFL I think the AFL is like as we've been saying over and over again and as good a place as it has been in many years but if they're you know hinging on the league profitability and not individual franchise profitability you know that is somewhat of a concern in in four years you know when they're looking back at uh, whether it's turned any sort of profit as as we know when it comes to you know the league is for years it's gone by they'll bring in x expansion team or teams just in order to get the expansion money right maybe which was obviously bad yes uh maybe what they're looking at doing is that do i dare think of it like a patreon is that is that a good analogy to use in this situation where 
Mm. You, you give not, it, no, you, no, I don't think so. You give well, it. I think with Patreon's Patreon has assumed that you are, you know, receiving something of non-monetary value for your essentially a donation. I don't think the AFL is looking for donations. No, I no, think and, they're and, looking for venture capitalists who yes. legitimately believe the league entity will generate a profit in you know a short term, mid term, and long term goal. Well, it's not a. Do I dare call the AFL like a stock? Do I? It is a little bit. It is, but that's my fear. Is 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 positioning the league in that light? I don't know what. You know, I I could see in ten years the AFL has not turned a profit, just like it. it you know, just like it never has. But but that's that's not you know that that's not necessarily a bad thing because teams have been able to profit. You know, teams have had localized success. Teams have been able to be minor league franchises that have steady fan bases, and that has been. I think the reason the AFL still exists at all is that it's, it's had these strong pockets of support. Yeah, um, it's not because the league itself has been profitable in any way. And once you're reach, once you're seeking investment, that is not something people are just going to be like a Patreon just throwing money at, you know, for fun. But they would be like owners, though. If you think about it, it's, it'll be a group. They of, would be, but what yeah. are they owning? The league. Right. Right. No. Right. Obviously, uh, but, but the question is whether that is actually. Going to improve their bottom line in any way. It definitely gives the league investment capital that they can use to expand the league further. But whether or not that actually makes them any money is is still a huge concern. I remember this is also the commissioner that basically said that I'm paraphrasing that the crowds don't necessarily the the big crowds in a location do not necessarily mean a, a small crowd is a bad thing. Right, and that that is that is is exactly what I'm saying. Is that this mindset of the league thinking that you know leveraging data, uh, basically you know selling selling data, uh-huh. you know instead of just raising, you know I don't know that that is going to be a long term successful thing for the AFL to be doing. I'm absolutely open to it, and I would love to see it succeed. But I still believe in my heart of hearts that teams like Albany and Philly that are essentially minor league teams that are able to, you know, turn out consistent seven to 10,000 crowd, you know, and, and basically fill a venue. I think that's where the AFL has always, you know, that that's always been its chance to succeed. Right. I don't think that, you know, th- this sort of 2.0 concept of the league uh, being data driven necessarily is going to pay dividends. But do, but do you think though, because it- is that it, it, you know I, I will use Vegas. I'll use Vegas as as an example. I mean, we know how they came into the league at the last moment, and we know it was a money grab uh, for whatever it was paid or whatever deal they made in order to bring the uh, the uh, the outlaws in. But they're able to. Con- this is like they're able. They know who the ownership is. They know that that uh, you know ownership. You know, owner X is not going to stop paying their paying paying his team and his players. They're going to continue to be paid no matter what. They yeah, that's they, that's no doubt the biggest benefit of this system is the stability. Right. And but that stability entirely is based on the league's profitability. That's what I'm saying. So do you think this means it's a very possibility that the league will go into smaller cities similar to uh, AF2 cities possibly? Uh, I don't think anything smaller than that, but I mean places that – I'm I'm curious to see the analytics or to hear some of the analytics when it comes to why City X is better than City Y. I, I, now, yeah, I, I don't think so. Now, I, I thought for 
a couple of years that the AFL was going to be expanding into more markets like Albany. And now, I mean, not that Albany is a tiny market, but they are smaller compared to, you know, Philadelphia, Washington, Baltimore, et cetera. Uh, I, I now think that the AFL, you know, get, taking Atlantic City and Columbus as examples, especially Atlantic City, if they're trying to uh, use the AFL's franchises as sort of marketing tools to generate revenue on a league level. I don't know where they benefit now from doing the smaller market thing. I don't, I don't know that the smaller market thing actually helps them get people sign up to sign up for DraftKings. I don't think it gets them, you know, people to sign up for whatever service they're planning to roll out eventually for streaming games and things like that, because those smaller markets are simply not places to advertise the AFL to enough people. So I'm wondering if the AFL will continue to expand into larger markets, mid-sized to larger markets than Albany because of that. And it's it's interesting to see because it makes me wonder some of some of the larger maybe some of the some of the larger AF2 cities might now be worthy if they have all the variables that are necessary when it comes to gambling, uh legal betting, et cetera, et cetera. So uh you know what? It's funny. If we were to look at the, get an actual list in front of us of the states that are eligible it at least so far east of the mississippi at at the moment how many yep. how many of those states are eligible so and it would actually break down where the possibilities are that a team or teams would come from that state so i i would i would love to see some of the analytics i uh, really we, would we, we need to have dave create some of his own analytics yeah, <laughs> <you can't. laughs> I don't, that's the thing is this is all proprietary data yeah, that that's, they're collecting that's the on point. people that we simply will never have access to. And we'd have to pay a lot of money to get access to. It. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> that's what they're trying to do. You know, they're trying to sell information. Yeah. I don't I don't know. I don't know. Um, by the way, just just received word from the Arena Football League um, that next week, gentlemen, we will be able to get a peek at what the Arena Bowl 32 logo will be. So that seems nice. appropriate given the playoffs are coming and we need to see the logo. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And the trophy. I would like to see the uh, trophy. Yeah, I, I, uh, I know. The way that the commissioner teased it when he was on a few weeks ago, I would like to see them. If anybody remembers what the, the original glam shots of the old, the past two, two trophies were, if they could do something like that, which I hope they do, I hope they announce that and the trophy, the lo- that logo and the trophy pictures at the same time. I want to see the glam shots of what this thing looks like because if I have a chance to, and I'm sure you will too, guys. I think Ben, you'll need to bring your uh, bring your tripod, so we need to take a, take a photo of that <laughs> with that new trophy at, uh, at well at, at Media Day. I got to say this: it depends on how they have Media Day set up because how it was last year at Baltimore, that would have been impossible. Well, the trophy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll get it, Tim. We'll get it. I know. <laughs> Picture, Tim. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, <laughs> um, well, uh, DraftKings just okay for us this past week, um, but before yeah, we talk about before. how bad or how good we did, just want to remind you that we are on social media. There are multiple places where you can find us. Uh, you can search for us on social media on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Those are all slash arena fan. And if you want to listen to any of the archive of the AFL Tonight podcast, you can listen to up to the last three shows over on SoundCloud. That's soundcloud.com slash arena fan. Or you can head over to uh, um, to Apple uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, or Spotify. 
I have come to the conclusion, gentlemen, that I am not going to put a kicker as my captain anymore. <laughs> Probably a good call. I think it's a good call. Uh, didn't, uh, I, I mean, it was okay. I think, John, you beat, I think you beat all of us, if I'm not mistaken, going to the history here. Yeah, I did all right this week. I redeemed myself a little bit. And Ben, uh, why well, don't say that? Oh, yeah, be quiet. Um, let me go to this. Sorry, gents. Um, so, yeah, John, you did you did well. You did well this week. Uh, as I said, you beat us both. Come on, populate. Uh, you ended up fourth, actually, with 160 points. The overall lead, uh, leader was M- Mr. H1 with 184.7. Wasn't that two weeks in a row for him? Um, I ended up with a one, think. 157.18. And, Ben, you ended up in 12th at 143.06. I was 7th. Um, you know what, guys? I think if, it, it's we all in any sport and betting, and especially fantasy football, the last week when there's really nothing on the line except for playoff location where you're going to be, this could be a very difficult week to choose because we don't know how long player X or player Y is going to play for, for the game, right? Right. Well, I mean, that could be a thing. And now also these suspensions have mixed things up oh, a little bit. No kidding. No kidding. I, I just don't know. You, you can't, you may, you know, double stacking, I'm sure is going to occur. Um, I, I don't know. I have to, I just got to see how I'm, how I'm going to do this. So um, let, let's start off guys uh, with uh, each of our captains. Uh, John, who did you choose as your captain this week? Well, I think I'm going to give it to Adrian Ferns this week. Interesting. Interesting. Ben? I went Veli with it. Oh, you're, you're, doing a, you're doing a John. <laughs> I'm doing a John. Yes. Wow. Yes. Okay. That, that's, that he's being, you know. Interesting figure of yeah. speech there. Yeah, yeah, not what doing a John. Not what I meant. Um... <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jimmy Kappa. Don't don't at me on that one. Uh, <laughs> this is a, I love your use of this phrase. Yeah. Um. I after thinking about it, I, I went with Quentin Sim. I will admit, last week not choosing Malachi Jones was probably the death of my team because I could have done it in such a way where I think it would have it, it would have done uh it would have it would have been better than it was. So, um, Ben, who is your who is the rest of your team? All right, so I had Veli, I got Malachi Jones, Tommy Grady, Darius Prince, and Adrian Trevino, and Brandon Cottom. Uh, I sort of just went with a couple of lower-value players toward the end. I was just sort of interested to see what would happen if I basically stacked the top of my lineup. At this point, I'm just trying to get some some value out of this game. <laughs> some joy. I'm trying to get some joy out of this game. So I'm, I'm doing something weird because that's what I do. <laughs> Fair. Um, for me, it, and it was tough. I'm probably gonna. I would be surprised if I make some switches around here. But uh, Quentin Sims, as I said, Malachi Jones, Tommy Grady. Um, I pick, I'm just not, I just noticed I pick way too many people in Albany. Uh, Adrian Ferns, Reggie Gray, and I also picked Trevino too. I, I felt you know a kicker is a they're still getting some half decent points, so you know you can't go wrong at eighteen hundred dollars. I think I may do some modifications though, because I get sixteen hundred dollars left. So, um, John, I went with Arvell Nelson and Quentin Sims and Darius Prince, Brandon Collins, and Josh Reese. That's good. It might be. It might be. Yeah, I got two hundred dollars left over. What nice. about you guys? 
That's nice. I made them some, some, some of the stuff around from Yeah, this. Tim, you've got way too much left over. I do. I'll probably do. Yeah, <laughs> I do. 1,600? No kidding. That's oh. indicative of a larger problem. Yeah, it, well, you know. Uh, That's also indicative of a lower score. <laughs> Your ass just got toasted, Timmy C. I did. I did. I got burned. I got to go to the hospital. Uh, so uh, <laughs> coming up, it is uh, week 13. Last week of the uh, regular season, guys. Who would have? Th- we're already there, guys. Man, I know. It's ridiculous. It, it really is nuts. Um, the only things that will be decided on where the uh, the seeds two, three, and four will be situated. Uh, I think from what we've seen, uh, the lowest that Philly can drop to is third, I think. Um, but I don't, I don't have them in front of me. So um, all games will be on ESPN three. Um, starting on. Saturday, and by the way, I didn't mention before. Shout out to the to the uh, to the crowd in Columbus this past week. If whether it was some extra, if it was papered by giveaways or not, if that's a sign of things to come, even with a one in ten team, uh, I'm I'm you know what? It, it oh should, yeah, that was a good. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, for, for yeah for nine thousand people, that that's a, that's a huge plus. Uh, Columbus will be traveling to play the Washington Valor game. Will be on uh, NBC Sports Washington and uh, the uh, the CW in columbus um we don't know who their starting quarterback is going to be as of this taping uh it it could be naller it could be it could be Rowley. i hope it is um and make the game more interesting and this is the question that we were talking about before is that how long in any of these games this week how long do these players play so i guess well i think well washington and and baltimore yeah, they're still have legitimate cause to play their players the entire game unless some sort of blowout is happening. Right. I don't think anyone wants to play Albany. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, they really want to win this game. It's not like, you know, neither of those teams are going to rest. Yeah, that's a fair point. You kind of want to, as a team, you want to do your best not to play Albany. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure Washington and Baltimore at the very... Albany is the big concern uh, whether or not they'll they'll field anyone, but uh, it almost doesn't feel like Keith's style to let up, especially given what happened last season. Right, and this is the uh, this is the uh, the return of the game since the last time these two teams played, where Washington uh, ended up beating uh, Columbus twenty nine twenty seven in that wild wild game uh, back in May, late May. Um, so far, five dimes has uh, Washington favored by a whopping fifteen and a half points. That, that seems to be pretty dead on for me. <laughs> I really can't argue with that one. Spread picker has Washington by one and a half. I told you, don't look at that. <laughs> Where are those coming from, Tim? I told you. Probably. How do those numbers exist? That, uh, I, I, your explanation is insufficient. That those numbers are still being generated every week. It, it's analytics. It's proprietary information. So. Oh, kind of selling data. Everybody should be worried. So uh, that game is at three thirty on Saturday. Seven o'clock is the Philadelphia Soul traveling to the Albany Empire. Uh, game will be on NBC Sports. Uh, NBC Sports Philadelphia Plus and my four Albany. Um, uh, I guess, you know, Philly does have something to play in this. Uh, uh, Albany, I guess the question is, does Grady start or does Espinosa start? I think that I think that could be the big question. Or does Grady just play a quarter or a half? Because really, of all the teams, that's really the one team that can really just, 
you know, as you yeah, said, I, as you said, like I was saying, just, just got to be some concern about momentum. Just feel the team. Yeah, yeah. Especially playing Philly. It's not like they're, you know, if they were playing Columbus this week, I, I think that it's possible they would have sat Grady the entire game. Yeah. But playing Philly, who is, you know, on a four-game winning streak, they have a serious, um, you know, they've got a serious rivalry at this point. Yeah. And these teams, you know, go at each other every week. I don't know. I, I, if I'm Keith, I'm worried that uh, starting Espinoza gets the team off to a weird start and possibly hurts their momentum. Uh, the home team actually has only won two of the six games. So take that for what you will. Um, I mean, well, John, do you, do you think Grady should play? And if so, how much? I'm, for for as long as necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I always wonder about this sit sit the players before the playoffs in this final week. It, I, I don't like giving people the chance to get cold. And I don't know. I guess it also depends on the player and how they felt this season and how their body's treating them and this, that, and the other. You know, maybe you do want to sit out one week because your ankle's giving you a hard time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when Espinosa only came in the fourth last week, so you know he's getting some reps. But yeah, I, I'm. I think that they should play him as much as possible. I said it's a good rivalry because it's very possible, depending on on the outcome. Uh, well, no, most likely these two teams won't play again if they both make it to Arena Bowl. So, um, who are you giving the? Uh, the the advantage to Ben in this game. Uh, I th- mm. by the way, five dimes has Albany, <laughs> Albany favored by six and a half. Yeah, I was gonna say Albany at first, but now I'm really wondering about that. I, I think I, I might give Philly the edge here just because they're hotter and because Albany's probably their heads are probably not in this matchup as hard as Philly's is. Even though you know Philly, I don't think can drop. They, too far. Uh, Philly actually has something to lose. So the lowest they can draw, I, say, I think it's the third. It's the farthest they can go down is third I, and lose that home playoff spot. Yeah. So I would say I would say Philly because they have something to lose. They're on a hot streak, and and Albany just you know they're just playing for fun. And I would say Philly because they have come to this building many times. Well, not many times. They've come to this building several times and uh, put up a pretty. Big score and played spoiler. Uh, Albany's first game ever back in Albany, April 4th, 2018. Philly came up and dropped 56 points. And then just two months later, back in 2018, Philly came into Albany and scored 75 points. Right. That, well, that was a hell of a game. That was 75-74. Yeah. I'll give, them, I'll give them a mulligan on that April 14th game in 2018 because that was their first ever game in, in team history. So I'll give them a mulligan on that one. But still, I you know it's it's so generous, Tim. It should be so it should be a good game either way. I think it'll be it'll be a, a it'll be a very good game, and you know it's, and it's probably you know it's one of the few teams that actually has uh, all their players uh, currently available. You know, all only has one player who's been suspended. So uh, the last game of the twenty nineteen regular season. Woo! Four p- wow. Four p.m. on Sunday. Baltimore travels to play the Atlantic City Blackjacks. Game will be on, uh, sorry, on on NBC Sports Philly Plus and NBC Sports Washington Plus. Um, uh, Warren Smith has been placed on IR. And I think the question is, do they? See, we don't know who's going to start in this game either. I didn't, I didn't check the practice report. 
who's been practicing, John, for uh, the, when it comes to quarterbacks? Because is do you really see Hippert playing in this game, or do you think he's just going to suit up and be backup just in case? I would say he's going to be backup just in case. Actually, the practice reports so far this week uh, have been kind of empty for Atlantic City. I will say though that Hipper did not participate in practice today. It is, it would be so hard to imagine Hipper playing this game. Yeah, I agree. I mean, what a huge risk for no reason. I mean, I just it would make no sense. Yeah, I would say tomorrow seems like it's going to be more of a full day of practice for Atlantic City. Okay. Do you guys see in any way with Atlantic City being a spoiler in this game? I mean, they have I mean, they you know, they've been oh, they signed EJ Nemeth. I didn't even see that. Yeah. Nemeth, whatever his name is. Yeah. That guy was on the New York streets. Oh, was yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah. This he, year. And this year. I, I get the impression that he was bad. Like bad, bad or bad. Yeah. Well, they, they I don't think I don't think he finished the season. Like, oh. I think they replaced him midseason. But I guess he he was a name that was already in the roster. So it's somebody who was in camp already for I think for uh, for Coach James. Right. Well, you know what? Maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't know. But I, I just remember that he was replaced. I don't know whether it was because he was doing poorly or had another opportunity But then or again, something. this New York the, – the, the, I can't believe I know. The New York Street team supposedly <laughs> has been on a seven-game losing trick or whatever. <laughs> They're not doing well. So, the New York Street's Westchester zone. Let's yeah. go, baby. Yeah. <laughs> the county center's rocking. 5,000 strong. My high school basketball games were played in that arena. Oh, man. Man. Um, Baltimore is favored by one, by one currently. Um, one score or one point? By one point. Oh, that's interesting. I, I say Baltimore is definitely the favorite here. Well, right now with Atlantic yeah. City's quarterback situation. Yeah. I agree with you. I think if Warren had, had been able to play, I think the, the line would be, would be slightly different. I just hope yeah. I'm hoping for a good crowd in Atlantic City to, to finish off their first season. Yeah, yeah, me too. I mean, Atlantic City does lead the series 2-0, and both games were they at did. home in Atlantic City. And yeah. both games were just nut- nuts. That's true. They were just Both of them were just nuts. So, Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, both of them were in Atlantic. Yeah, all three games are in Atlantic City. That's right. They, this is one of the teams that didn't go to their other, the other team this year. Uh, uh, oh, same with Washington. Uh, yeah. Washington never went up to Atlantic City. Yeah, that's right. So weird with so few teams that that happened. Yeah, Indeed. and hence why when it came to strength of schedule as the second tiebreaker and a, and a unbalanced schedule, it kind of kind of a little kind of a little strange. So, um, so Baltimore guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I still think Shane Morris may... lights them up. <laughs> Shane Morris lights them up. <laughs> Watch him Interesting. Go. Interesting. Yeah. So, wow. Uh, then, as I said, yeah, the playoffs start next week. I uh, hope to have some amazing coverage for you. Um, it's it's going to be fun, guys. I, I said it's hard to believe we only have we only have four weeks left in the Arena League season. I can't wait to find out the schedule. Yeah, well, that's we, like what I'm most excited for. <laughs> well, we know one game already, and just yeah, yeah. but I I want to know more than that. Oh, I know that, that's you not do, sufficient but, anymore. But I need because, to know the other games. But because obviously with the change <laughs> with the change with the way that Albany did their schedule, I won't be able to go to the go to their home game like I had wanted to. So yeah, yeah that's I just, why we I, need to know. We need to know so we can make plans accordingly. Yeah, it's yeah. just for us. No one else needs to know. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, I'll DM you when I find out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Tim Cappell sliding into my DMs. Yes, I tell you. Um, so, again, it's, uh, uh, you know, if, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, uh, you can email me on behalf of the guys at tim.capper.arenafan.com. I want to give people a shout-out, by the way, and a thanks and some gratitude for 
uh, sending me some messages via Twitter DM uh, on the suggestions that we suggested last week on how we can make modifications to the show going forward. Oh. Uh, it was it was greatly appreciated, um, and we were, were hoping to work those into the. Uh, what were some of the suggestions? I guess I missed this. Um, it was one of them. Really, was that a lot of people are asking for because sometimes when we have longer shows, they want to have a breakdown of the show. So, like the first fifteen minutes, it's it's us doing the review, the uh, the recap. Like, like they almost want like a track, somewhere? like a track list, so to speak. Yes, exactly. Okay, so they want to know where they could fast forward to, just in to case. Get... Yes, if we have a, okay. like, like the two hour one that we had, where was the where was interview one located? Where was interview two located? If somebody wants to skip the DraftKings portion of it, which I know some do, because they don't they don't really don't do fantasy football, they can skip forward and, and get to our previews. So fair. This seems simple. Um, what was what was some of the other suggestions here? Um, what he was talking about, and, and I think this would be a lot tougher, is to have two weekly episodes. Oh boy, two epi- Sorry, two episodes a week. One would be a recap, and one would be the actual uh, preview. Well, that's totally possible if we could tape them at the same time. Right, but I know I know there is a uh, it's the pod that I listen to that covers the CFL. They do just that. But then again, they're taping on a Saturday. Oh, sorry, on a Sunday, and there may be a game to come. So, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, a table of contents, I think, it is very doable. It's very doable. So, um, but yeah, again, thanks, thanks for the suggestions. We we greatly appreciate it. Uh, any plans for the weekends, guys? Well, well, I'm not going to a game for the first time in a while, so I'm going to be completely at sea. I might have to blow up my dad again or something. Oh, oh. There's, he, there's still parts of him left. Yeah, yeah. I just got to blow those up. Oh, okay. Nicely done. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe that explosion will be picked up on radar or something. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. They'll find you. Oh, man. And, John, I think you're going to be covering now. You're going to be actually going to two games this weekend, aren't you? That's Yes. It's a a doubleheader, so to speak. I will be in Washington on Saturday and then in Atlantic City on Sunday. Nice. Yes. I'm excited about it. Finish off the regular season. Exactly. Again, you're saying it. Finishing off the regular season. What the hell? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it'll be uh, me. Um, uh, I'll probably have to catch up on the on the on the Saturday games on uh, on ESPN three. Won't be home to to watch those, so uh, I'll be at another I'll be at another game uh, that happens to start at four o'clock. So I'll probably I'll miss. Ooh. Yeah, I'll miss those. So. Um, but either way, um, we look forward to talking to you fans next week, previewing what's coming up in uh, week one of the two-game aggregate series for the semifinals that lead to the championship. And, gents, we are less than one weekend away from starting the road to Arena Bowl. And uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun, that's all I can say. So. Um, so I'll talk to you guys soon, and we'll also speak to you fans next week. So for everybody here at AFL tonight, for Ben, for John, I'm Tim Capper. Watch the rebound off the net. Ooh. So clean. Ooh. Such a pro. Ooh-wee. Man. Ooh-wee. Ooh.